You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we are broadcasting this morning from Sleeting, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, not that way in all parts of our listening area, but that's what we're looking at. It's, uh, it is fall, folks. Um, Emily, we had Father Tony Klein on just before the break, and it's, it's chilly but sunny where he is in, in eastern Yes, Wisconsin. he's on a little vacation, and yeah. I thought, oh, take us with you. Right, but it is... Oh, you know, the weather outside is frightful. <laughs> Don't do that. We're going to get sued. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to get sued. We're going to get sued. Oh. We are, uh, we, we've got on the line with us this morning, Jim Miles. Jim, are you there? Yes, sir. Good morning. Jim, good morning. Uh, now, I think you're, are we, um, I know that you're originally from Sioux Falls. Are you still like literally right across the street from where, where Emily and I are right now, or have you already moved on? No. No, uh, about two months ago, we moved to College Station, Texas. So okay. uh, that's where I'm sitting right now, the balmy, sunny, 80-degree stuff. Oh, <laughs> rub it in, rub it in. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. brought you to Texas? Uh, we're just about an hour north, uh, west of Houston, okay. way down in the southeast corner. Okay. And, and why are you there? Well, we, uh, my wife and I are both retired. And our oldest boy teaches at Texas A&M okay. with he and his family. And they've been after us for several years to get down here and get out of what you're experiencing right now. So <laughs> uh, we, we started looking about a year ago, and uh, things start falling into place for us. And we found a nice house just right across the street from him. And uh, so here we are. Oh, beautiful. Well, it's great to talk to you on the phone, uh, even at a distance, as opposed to the, the short distance it used to be. So now that we know where you are, would you mind, tell, would you mind telling us and our listeners a little bit about yourself for those folks who, who have no idea who Jim Miles is? Oh, okay. I, uh, well, I was born and raised in South Dakota. I married a South Dakota girl from Humboldt, Kathy Putoff. I, uh, I'm retired from the Sioux Falls Fire Department after 21 years. I'm also retired from the uh, United States Army. I was a medevac helicopter pilot. And uh, I'm the father of three and soon to be the grandfather of the eighth one. Woohoo! Wow. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're really thrilled. So we want to be chatting with you today about um, the way that you have really discovered Christ, that you've dove into scripture, uh, and also about the impact the rosary has had on your life. So maybe let's start with the rosary. Um, can you share where have you always been, uh, a great devotee of the rosary? Um, how did you come to better know our Lord and in scripture better through it? Oh, okay. Well, I was, I was fortunate enough to be born in a uh, Roman Catholic family where the evening rosary was a staple in our home for basically our entire lives. And I was also fortunate enough to marry a girl from Humboldt who had uh, the rosary as a staple in her life. So uh, when we got married, we, we agreed that uh, the evening rosary every day should uh, should continue to, uh, to help us and to guide us. And it's it's worked wonderfully for us. Uh, there have been countless times when uh, we've had miracles and, and uh, God's intervention in our life, and uh, we owe it all uh, primarily to the rosary. So hmm. uh, that's, that's it. 
So how did you, I think some of us struggle with the rosary because um, I think it can uh, be difficult to know how to pray it well in such a way that it offers meditation and offers us a greater uh, opportunity to really encounter Christ and his life, uh, that which we read in the Holy Gospels better through it. So how did the rosary come to help you know particularly our Lord better uh, and even scripture through yeah. that through that daily recitation? Uh, it just... Uh the rosary itself has encouraged me to uh, to further research my my mm. faith and my religion. I've always been a very avid reader, and uh, it has served as one of the guides for what I read and when I read it and how I read it and, and where I read it. So uh, it gradually led me into uh, the writings of the early church fathers, and the saints, and the popes, and uh, the magisterium. And I stumbled on a book by Father Don Galloway called yeah. Champions of the Rosary. Yeah. And that that immediately opened up a whole new universe full of uh, background on the rosary, how we came to, to have the rosary, how it has evolved over the years, a lot of the champions of the rosary and, uh, and the effects that they've had in the history of the Church throughout the world. So... That book itself uh, has has really, really uh, focused my life more intensely on what I what I've been doing all along. And again, that was Champions of the Rosary by Father Don Calloway. You said right? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So, tell us a little bit about the Confraternity of the Holy Rosary. What What is that? How has it benefited you? Well, the the uh, Confraternity itself was established by Saint Dominic uh, in. Uh, approximately 1208 in the 13th century. At that time, the Albigensian heresy was rampant throughout Europe, and uh, they denied that that uh, Jesus Christ came to earth and died for our sins. Their spiritual, their beliefs were that spirituality was good, but all material things were bad, including the human body. So, uh, Father Guzman, or uh, Father Dominic at that time decided to, uh, he was encouraged by his bishop to promote the rosary and to or try to overcome, preach throughout his local area there, the Albigensian heresy. And he did that by promoting the rosary and primarily by going around to fellow churches in the immediate area and arguing against the Albigensian heresy. In 1208, he went on a three-day pilgrimage out into a forest in southern France where he met with uh, a couple of angels and Our Lady who presented him with the rosary and Mm. presented him with directions on how to say the rosary the way she wanted it. Now, he did uh, Our Lady's beads or whatever you want to call them was was, uh, prevalent prior to that but she encouraged him to break it down to ten Hail Marys, and then each of the ten Hail Marys of that decade would be focused on a specific event in the life of Jesus Christ. So he began doing that, and as he traveled throughout the area, he established these small groups of people who took an oath to say the complete entire rosary once a week. 
And that's basically how the confraternity of the Holy Rosary started, was people signing a pledge and a ledger to uh, to pray the rosary, to play, pray the entire thing once a week. And uh, that's where we are today. It has evolved throughout Europe, throughout Asia, and throughout uh, the, the Americas, and throughout the entire world right now. So that's how it all started. How long have you been a member, Jim? Oh... Uh, Probably. Well, I became aware of it about, oh, uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And uh, then I, I found this book by Father Galloway, and that pretty much cemented my uh, my dedication to it. So so, so you, you've been basically a lifelong rosary prayer, but it's been more recently then that you discovered the confraternity of, of the Holy Rosary, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. Thanks to Father Calloway. Yep. How has been? How has being a part of the confraternity changed how you pray the Rosary? If if it has. Well, it's uh, first of all the the intentions of the confraternity. You unite your intentions, your personal intentions, and you know the health of your family or the welfare of of uh, your kids or whatever. You unite your intentions with everyone else who is. A, signed up confraternity member throughout the world. So if you're if you're praying for uh, that one of your children gets gets over COVID nineteen or everything, you can rest assured if you offer it up through the confraternity that there are literally millions of people throughout the world praying for your kid to get better from the confraternity. Mm. So my membership in it has basically solidified my dedication to the rosary and it has also led me to to investigate further the different mysteries and the different ways it has evolved through the years so it's it's been a a big change for me okay and if if somebody's interested or they're listening to you uh maybe like you they've been a lifelong rosary prayer maybe they're a newer rosary prayer uh but they're they've never heard of the confraternity um, how can they find out more about it, and, and then how can they get involved? Well, uh, the first thing they can do is Google it. Uh, get on the Internet, do your research, find out if this is what what God is calling you to do. And then the second thing, uh, as far as, as my confraternity there in Sioux Falls that I started, is simply to call Laura at the cathedral office. She currently <laughs> has the ledger there. And uh, she can give you further information, and 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 you can go from there. On the on the larger scale, if you're interested in starting a confraternity, once again, get online, do your research. And the United States is divided up into regions, so depending upon where you live right now, uh, you'll get a hold of your regional director, contact them, and get to your guidance and your direction from them on how to proceed from there. And what would you say to folks who are listening? Just, uh, um, I guess, what are the what are the benefits? You've talked about how it's impacted you, but what mm-hmm. benefits have you found with being a part of the confraternity as well? Well, first of all, it solidifies your dedication to praying it every day. You know, I've during the, the hectic lifestyle that most of us carry right these days, it's often quite easy to overlook things. You know, when you get done at the end of the day, you're tired, you're hungry, you, you just need a shower and you get to bed. But the, the dedication to the confraternity will, uh, will solidify your 
your impetus to be praying the rosary every day and your inclinations to start including your family members and those closest to you and uh, and people, you know, friends in your various groups and stuff. It, like the Knights of Columbus, I, I uh, took the liberty of spreading the, the the information to the local Knights of Columbus up there, the Marquette Council. And uh, they, in turn, took it and, and started promoting it at a greater at a you know greater emphasis so one thing after one thing can just lead to another if you're just faithful for it and to it and uh and lead uh, you know lead others to it because when our lady appeared to saint dominic the beads had already been said in various forms but she she asked him to not only pray the rosary but to preach it and to promote it and to spread it throughout the world so mm. That uh, that comes straight from Our Lady herself, so it's uh, it's worked very well. It's all over the world now. How beautiful! It's uh, Jim. I just want to thank you for sharing your passion for the Rosary. I think it's that's the great witness of Christian fellowship and uh, conversations like this one. It's it's renewing my own desire to more regularly, perhaps. Um, pray the rosary and and to just draw a little bit closer to our ladies so thank you so much for your witness and and for sharing your heart for the rosary with us this morning thank you very much for your invitation this was fun i've (laughs) been looking forward to it absolutely enjoy the warm weather of texas jim (laughs) oh i will Especially from January or February, I'll send you a picture of me in a hammock with a cold beer out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jeez. Oh, <laughs> Thanks for being with us, Jim, this morning. Oh, thank you for your invitation. This you was bet. fun. God bless you. God bless. <laughs> God bless you. You know, Chris, I was thinking this morning, I don't know what, what made me think of this. Like, if we could all take a vote, if we wanted to have winter... Or go back to summer and remain in summer for oh. the year. What would you vote? Oh, winter. I would too. Totally. And I thought it could be like a World War you know, three situation over, over the vote. It would oh, yeah. probably be very decisive or very divisive. divisive. Um, but yeah, I kind of wondered about I, that. No, I, I love listening. I love living. I love listening to Real Presence Radio. And I love listen, <clears throat> living in the upper Midwest with, with the seasons. I mean, it's always... When Jermaine and I, because uh, she's from Ohio, I'm from central Minnesota, but where we were going to live, obviously kind of depending on where, where we get work, but we talked about living in different parts of the country, and I, I really wanted to live in the Midwest, somewhere in the Midwest, where we could have fall, winter, spring, and summer. Yeah. I think there's, there's something cyclical about uh, the, the lifestyle of the change of the seasons that, yep. that has really... Uh, blessed me a lot. You know, even when we were talking to Jim, um, uh, he made a comment at the beginning about the way in which the rosary, he said, we've had so many miracles and yeah. countless ways in which the Lord has provided for us. And I just thought, isn't that isn't that the way that the Lord works in different seasons of our lives? Uh, the way that he shows up and provides the things that we need for those seasons uh, wherever we find ourselves. So there's there's just a real uh, rhythm to, See, to life in and, that way. And if we lived in Hawaii, we, we would have no sense of that. See, See okay, yeah. when, you, when you go there, yeah. I mean, <laughs> who needs a rhythm? <laughs> I'll, I'll just dance gonna, to the rhythm of the gonna, waves instead. How about oh, that? Oh, oh, shoot. All right, well... Um, so so far we we had Jim, we had Father Tony before that. 
and uh, George Weigel uh, to begin the show. A great show to begin with. Anything uh, so far really sticking with you? Uh, great anticipation of celebrating the feast of yeah. John Paul II. Yeah. It just was such a reminder. I wanted to ask George, and I didn't get didn't uh, really get the opportunity, but if he would describe John Paul as an introvert or as an extrovert. My my guess, my strong guess, is that he would describe John Paul as an extrovert. But I was thinking, when you have that many people that you are encountering, he made the comment that um, he wanted to meet so many people from so many different backgrounds. That right. was important to him. Um, I, I wanted to ask, you know, did he ever get people burnout? Um, where he just needed time time away, which was which I'm assuming was actually his prayer time. That was his right. that was his time with the Lord that he so valued. Um, but yeah, so I kind of wondered was was he an extrovert or an introvert? Um, and I and my only thought of leaning towards introvert was because of the necessity uh, for him of recollection time of time for quiet. You know, he was always late because he would stop in any church, any um, place that had the Blessed Sacrament for a moment of silence. Right, right. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm sure he was an extrovert, but I do know our, our, well, our bishop, Bishop DeGrude, recently shared a time when he, as as a younger priest, was able to to meet. Uh, John Paul II, and um, kind of came upon him, and it was a chapel before Mass, and the Pope was already at prayer. Yeah. And that was, I mean, so many um, seminarians who I know who studied in Rome and were able to go to the, the private uh, daily Mass with the Pope. He'd oftentimes invite people to attend if they wanted to, or if they were able to. Um, he would be in there first and already deep in prayer. Even, I mean, um, I remember, this is convicting to me, speaking of the Rosary with Jim, Saturdays, uh, I think once a month, uh, practice of John Paul II, I think, well, th- through through 2000 at least, if not up until um, before he died, um, every month he would say, uh, on Saturday, Saturday night, he'd say a rosary with university students from Rome. So it was just open in the Paul VI audience hall. Uh, anybody could come, uh, and he would always... So he was up on on the stage, the platform, but he was always kneeling, um, a, you know, a kneeler, a prédieu, a kind of a, mm-hmm. a stand. He prayed, or he knelt for the entire rosary um, as he prayed it with these thousands of of young. Adults. Was this when you were in Rome? Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So did you kneel for the whole thing, Brad? Uh, uh, <gasps> I can't remember. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That, what a beautiful testament. Yeah, though. I mean, because that was by then he was easily in his late seven, right. early 80s by then. Right, so right, just what it right. Was. So, How beautiful. Amen. Well, what an awesome morning. Um, yeah, with so many great shows. If you've missed any part of today's show, um, we're not done yet, but know that you can always go and find them in podcast form on our website as well. Yep. Um, Chris, what's up next? So we're going to be talking, heading over, if you so, so to speak, if you will, to the Catholic Community Foundation, talking with Jen Fetrell, who's the director of their special events, to see what exciting things they've got going on. That's coming up next on Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Emily Leadham. And we will be right back after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.